Welcome to another episode of the Biz Law Series with business lawyer Michael Palermo here on Biz Radio US. Good day, sir. Nice to see you, Matt. Good to have you on as always and, and just great information that you make available to folks. And before we get into today's topic of talking about lease terms for businesses, um, I wanted to invite people to check out your blog. You have so much great information on your blog. Tell people where they can find that before we get started on this. It's at my website, which is palermolaw.com. You can click on blog up on the top there, and you can also click on radio programs. That's right. And for you can all check these out recordings. all the past episodes. That's right. right. All right. So let's get into talking about basic lease terms for businesses. What are the fundamental lease terms that every business owner should be familiar with if they're entering into a commercial lease agreement? So um, these are the things to look out for. And one, one word of caution at the beginning is I can't tell how many times I've heard a landlord tell a tenant, well, this is a standard lease. Go ahead and sign it. And out of all the contracts I've ever worked with, commercial leases are the most non-standard leases I've ever seen. Every single one is completely different. Um, here's the basics, though. Uh, what are you paying for? Usually it's a price per square foot, or it might be just a rentable area, like 3,000 square feet. But you, you need to know that price. That's sort of the basic fundamental thing of a lease. Second one is, how long will the lease last? And what are the renewal options? So if you have long-term plans for your business or if you're going to do an expensive build-out in this space, you need to know that you're going to be able to stay in that location as long as your business is successful. So price, how long the lease will be, and that includes renewals. The next big one, it's called TICAM, taxes, and that's short for taxes, insurance, and common area maintenance. Those are charges on top of your square foot or your gross rentable space monthly payment. Um, taxes means the property taxes. Insurance is you're actually paying the owner's commercial insurance in case the building burns down or somebody trips and falls and has a, you know, breaks their wrist. And then common area maintenance is uh, everybody shares the hallway, everybody shares the parking lot, all the tenants share the roof, the windows, the landscaping. So you pay your fair share of that. Those are kind of the three uh, basics. And then we can drill down into those if you want to. You know, and, and you talk about um, the renewal options and everything. What about an exit strategy, like penalties and things like that? I know that's something where I've seen some businesses get stuck where they didn't read the fine print of what they would get hit with if they didn't complete the full term of the lease. Yeah, that, that can be tricky for a couple of reasons. If, if you have money on deposit with the landlord, they can technically keep that money if the business were to shut down or just skip out overnight. Um, Beyond that, I rarely see landlords actually sue tenants that have left because the landlord quite often, especially on a good commercial space, can get a new tenant in within weeks. Mm -hmm. So once that new tenant comes in, the prior tenant's rent obligations cease. So what I actually advise people to do is work with the landlord if they know they're leaving uh, to the extent where you, you might even find somebody to take over the space when you're moving out. Uh, that way the landlord has no costs of hiring a commercial insurance agent the landlord has no cost of trying to chase after uh, the guarantors of the lease. And the landlord has a brand new ready tenant who's excited to move in and be a new tenant paying, paying rent. That, to me, is the best exit strategy. I know that in the area where Biz Radio is based in Asheville, North Carolina, there's a lot of co-op and collaborative type businesses and everything. Um, what should people look at as far as sublet options in a lease agreement? I'm actually working on an assignment of a lease. Uh, what what happens is when a, a tenant comes into a commercial space, the landlord vets that tenant. Theoretically, they don't always do it uh, for that tenant's ability to pay the lease. And the lease is given to that tenant 
because the landlord has determined they're a good risk for payment of the lease. In terms of subletting, that tenant now subletting the space, the landlord hasn't vetted the person that might be subletting the space. So the landlord likes to keep the original tenant on the hook for all payments, even if they're subletting. So even even with co-working, they're leasing the space from someone who's leasing the space. Right. Sort, sort of to get to your specific example. Or I, I know downtown Asheville, you see these big spaces where they have little cubicles where the artists uh, put up their, you know, their artwork. And those are all sublets, but there's somebody at the top of that chain who's leasing the space and guaranteeing those payments. Do you see, uh, should people look for language if they were going into a situation like that? I would think they would make sure that there's not a restriction against it. Because I know in some cases, subletting is restricted in leases. Yeah, subletting. And uh, um, actually another restriction to look for is, especially if you're in a strip mall or some type of group setting, is uh, whether or not other businesses within that leasable building uh, have restrictions against you coming in and opening your business. Mm. So, for example, a landlord doesn't want two restaurants in one strip mall mm-hmm. or um, two bars or two dress shops. Um, yeah, uh, the landlord wants to know what you're doing in there, and a, a good landlord will absolutely inquire what is your business and how do you plan on paying for the lease. Uh, do you have any negotiation strategies or tips that you can offer business owners that are listening to get a more favorable lease in, in the terms that they get? The main one, and um, I wish more people would listen to this, is be be ready, willing, and able to walk away from a negotiation. There's always going to be another space. There'll always be a space that's better than the one you're looking for. There's no such thing as the perfect space because if it was perfect, the rent wouldn't be so high. Um, a place where the rent is lower, you might make more money just because it's a different location. Uh, be, be ready to walk away. You don't You don't need to lease that space to pay your bills, but the landlord needs you to lease that space to pay his bills. Uh, what a, what an amazingly introspective common sense thing that I didn't think of in that terms. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I think of it when I go into a business and maybe the service isn't the best and I think, you know what, I'll just, I'll keep my money in my pocket today. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in the context of lease agreements and everything, what are some of the common pitfalls or different clauses that you've seen business owners often overlook that maybe they should pay close attention to? Again, people have leases that come to term at all times of year and everything, but this time of year, I know a lot of business owners start thinking about you know the next year and you get into the fourth quarter and things. Right. Um, you have any advice there? What people should be paying close attention to that maybe you've seen a lot of business owners overlook? Yeah, especially when getting the uh, uh, the initial lease. Um, and this is drilling down into the lease terms now. Uh, and I've got a big asterisk next to this. What are you getting for your payment? So are you getting just a big open warehouse um, that you have to maintain everything? Or are you getting a, a bespoke place where somebody comes in and unlocks the door for you in the morning and you know wipes down the handle? So you really have to define what the least space the least space is and then getting deeper into that, uh, utility and facility maintenance is where I see a lot of people uh, sort of their eyes glaze over when they're reading the lease. Mm-hmm. But you really need to know who's, who's paying directly to maintain mechanical and facility systems like HVAC, electric, plumbing, roof, windows. That's all should be or can be defined in the lease. Smaller commercial leases, maybe not so much, but definitely in bigger commercial spaces, Um you know, if this roof collapse, you know, if you if you move into a facility that's fifty years old and the roof collapses, why should the tenant have to pay for that? Because it's fifty years of neglect. 
So that all really should be defined in a commercial lease, especially for bigger leases. Mm. Good advice. Yeah, and there's there's wa there's ways to negotiate around that. One is um, I've actually seen it twice in the last month. Is uh, you could set a cap on tenant paid utility maintenance. So if you're using the HVAC, it is only fair that you pay for HVAC maintenance, but you shouldn't have to pay for 30 years of neglected maintenance. Mm -hmm. So you could you could negotiate a cap with the landlord, like um, the tenant will be willing to pay up to $1,500 for HVAC repairs, but after that, it's it, we're going to attribute it to landlord uh, lack of maintenance. And that goes for all utilities and facilities, roofs, windows, concrete sidewalks, parking lots, things like that. You know, it goes without saying that most business owners or managers, when they're negotiating um, renewals or terminations or modifications to leases, everything, the primary focus that they're taking into account is the financial considerations. But what legal considerations should they be taking into account during, you know, navigating through renewals, terminations, or modifications? Renewals get a lot more complicated. Um, and, and you have to understand that the landlord has concerns too. From a tenant's perspective, they have a lot of money and effort invested into that particular site, whether it's a retail site, whether it's installing heavy equipment, whether it's upfitting or building out the site. Um, and tenants don't want to walk away from that, and landlords know that, so they try to jack up the lease as much as they can. But from a tenant's perspective, and again, it's harder to walk away, but be willing to walk away. If the landlord is getting a little too greedy, just remind the landlord, hey, if I walk out of this space, it might sit vacant for three months, and that's three months of rent you're not getting. And then remind the landlord, hey, I've paid my lease on time every time for five years. What's the next guy going to do? You have no idea. Mm. So when re renegotiating a lease, tenants do have leverage, uh, maybe not as much as the landlord, again, depending on the circumstances of what the tenant is doing. But there, there are power imbalances in both directions that can be um, – considered when re renegotiating a lease. Um, is, this a, is this an issue where um, your clients will bring you a copy of a lease to review and you give them feedback or are you just advising them on the front end or a little bit of both? How does that conversation usually take place? I'm hoping it's not just, oh, I'm in a terrible situation. I need you to help me now. It's always better right. to be preemptive. <laughs> right. Um, so it depends on who calls me. If, if it's some a prospective tenant, I will review the lease and I've got you know, 30 years of looking at leases, uh, including what we've talked about here today and including 20 or 30 other things. And I'll review the lease with them, give them tips on negotiating with the landlord. Um, I've, t I've told people just walk away from the list. This lease It's not worth negotiating. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I will absolutely review leases and advise tenants and uh, even draft proposed uh, language for a lease. Uh, if it's a landlord calling me, I'll, I'll draft the lease for the landlord. Yeah, And it, you know, that's depends on what the landlord's needs are. Well, speaking of calling, what's the best way for people to get in touch with you if they want to follow up on this topic or any of the other topics you've done in the BizLaw series? Yeah, any type of business transaction. Uh, my email is palermo at palermolaw.com, and I think you'll explain. You can click through on the, the yeah, Biz Radio so, app. Yeah, if you're listening on the radio station right now on Biz Radio, there's a little home icon there. You can click that. It'll take you to Michael's page for the series um, and contact stuff there. Uh, if you're listening on a podcast, anywhere and you know, it's everywhere <laughs> just look in the description you can follow links there well as always thank you for sharing your knowledge and experience with the listeners on biz radio thanks for having me